Hickory Dickory Dango. My name is Naked Mango, and thank you once again for joining us for Warhammer Lorecast. And with me, as always, is my beautiful co-host with a head ready to tell Rohan, Gondor calls for aid. Almighty crit. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, these get crazier and crazier. <laughs> I have a special guest with me today, Mr. Clean. <laughs> <laughs> oh hi everybody uh, uh i don't know how to follow that up uh except for uh we gonna talk about orcs yes we gonna talk about orcs <laughs> i was originally gonna do orcs specifically in 30k turns out they didn't really do much in 30k 30k so this is pretty much just gonna be our orc episode they're they're pretty useless in 30k <laughs> All right, you ready to get started, Crit? I'm ready. Let's do this. So orcs are actually a subspecies of what's known as orcoids. Just George Lucas level naming. <laughs> orcoids are made up of orcs, Gretchen, and snotlings. <laughs> Keeping up with I've, that naming. Yep. <laughs> the orcs themselves are for sure, though, the big kahuna of the species. Gretchen are at best servants and at worst the loofah that is used only to clean your butthole when you take a shower. <laughs> I love the image that you're painting for all our listeners right now. I wish there was a way to make the music make you think of buttholes. <laughs> Orcs are by nature incredibly violent and territorial. Although territorial, not territorial in the sense of this is mine. If you come here, I'll attack you. More so that what you have is mine and I want it. Your territory, like so, your territory, I want it. <laughs> so uh, they never learned how to share. Some of them did. And the rest of the orcs <laughs> fucking hate them for it. Blood axes. <laughs> <laughs> Luckily, because of this, uh, for the most part, orcs separate into like a bunch of different groups. And like, yes, there are waz, but that's kind of different. Orcs as a species, whenever they're not going out and attacking, they're their own kind of tribes. And they spend most of their time fighting each other. And occasionally, well, not occasionally. They just fight. They never really come together and fight. It's more of just whoever groups up with whoever. According to orc legend, Orcs and Gretchen were actually genetically engineered to serve specific needs by what they call the brain boys. Boys with a YZ. An extremely intelligent subspecies of orcoid. Orcs were bred to be warriors because these brain boys were said to be kind of like tiny and weak nerds. For all you big, I I know how many of our listeners are big, strong men and women. That lift like bench bricks, bench bench pricks, bench pricks. Yeah, <laughs> they just lift them up and go. This is my bench now, prick. <laughs> they were small in stature, so they they created the orcs to be the warriors to protect them, and the Gretchen were actually genetically engineered to be servants. The rest, I, I found an excerpt from something. Uh, from a site that I thought described it very well. I genuinely did not want to type all of it out or make it funny. So I sent it to Aaron. Aaron, Uh, would you like to read the excerpt? I guess. 
<clears throat> it was believed that this group was the driving force behind their civilization and were responsible for developing their technology as well as directing the different castes. There is even more speculation that both orcs and Gretchens may have been specialized mutants that were deliberately created by the Brain Boys to serve certain duties, though it believed that the truth of this will never be known for certain. Regardless, it is known that the Brain Boys died out a long time ago and the orcs inherited their civilization to the point that this ruling caste became more, little more than legend. According to the Orcish beliefs, the Brain Boys died from a great plague which ran across many centuries that caused their numbers to dwindle and eventually led to their extinction. It is believed that this caste was aware of their falling numbers and took steps to preserve their knowledge by engineering it into the genetic structure of their slaves. This lasting legacy allowed the Orcs to retain their high level of technology in later years by way of artificial strands of DNA, which contains knowledge imprinted in their metabolism that allowed the orcs to live following the demise of their masters. Snotlings are also thought to be remnants of this lost race. It is believed that the underground cave fungi, which snotlings are symbiotic with, caused a genetic mutation in their brains. Over the generations, the snotlings' brains developed to their full potential due to this fungus, and this intelligent lost race of snotlings, or brain boys, eventually developed orc kind, with aggression as an intermediary development. These less intelligent creatures were fed squigs, gross, rather than the <laughs> intellect-enhancing fungus, the brain boys regressed into a juvenile state. The orcs, as crude and harsh as they were, now the most intelligent of their kind and inherited the civilization of the brain boys. So, yay, finger snaps. So, okay, before we continue, well, I'm going to put this in layman's terms. So, basically, the brain boys developed orcs and gretchens to be specialized to basically do the crap that the brain boys didn't want to do. And shortly after this plague started to hit them, they realized, oh, crap, we're probably going to die out. We have to find a way to preserve our genetic coding so that we can live on. Hence, they started to create the snotlings. And more or less, yeah. basically, that kind of went mm, tits up for them because it didn't quite have the same effect as the original orcs and gretchens that they created when merging it with the fungal dna and because they were also fed squigs they didn't really feed the intellectual part of the dna and then just made their future selves dumb to an extent <laughs> uh they were like well yes to almost all of that they, the snotlings originally were eating a certain type of fungus that were boosting their brain power. And at a certain point, orcs were pretty much like, if they eat it, it makes them smart. Then we can eat it and it makes us smart. 
Why would we have to listen to them? Oh, so they took shit. The, they took the fungus. Yeah. They took the fungus from the snotlings and ate it, and it did nothing. But then they didn't have anybody smart telling them what to do, so they were like, go fuck yourself. We're just going to keep eating the fungus anyway. <laughs> and now we're here. <laughs> so basically, uh, in much of all history, there was an uprising, and um, they decided, nah, fuck you, brah. And uh, took the smart fungus. I don't even know if you could realistically call it an uprising. I genuinely feel like they just kind of walked into a cave and just like picked up a box of shrooms <laughs> and left. Oh, gosh. Okay, so that's the basic rundown of the Brain Boys. <laughs> oh, gosh. So what are we going to talk about next? Well, that's that's the really fun part. Everything I just had you read to my knowledge, means nothing anymore. (laughs) GW. Because whenever GW decided to release Necrons, the Necrons needed deep lore. That's not fair. Whenever they decided to release the Necrons, the Necrons were stupid and Terminator-y. I think they're stupid. Some of the older fans were a big fan of the Terminator thing. I thought it was very derivative and kind of boring. But then they, they retconned the Necron lore to be this whole big galactic battle type deal, ba 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 ba. Part of that was one of the enemy, one of the major enemies of the Necrons, kind of birth as a as the Necron race. We'll get more into the depth of that whenever we talk about Necrons. But Necrons used to be alive, not robots. Oh, they they got in a huge big war. Some stuff happened. They became robots. They started winning the war against what are just called the old ones. Well, once the once the old ones started losing, they found. I found conflicting reports. They either found a race that they decided to kind of raise up, which is what they did with, I believe, the Eldar, or they completely created the orcs. I I found both. I'm truly not sure which is which. Maybe we'll find out whenever we dig into Necrons and stuff like that. Uh, the reason I brought all this up, though, is because, like I said, everything about the Brain Boys, to my knowledge, no longer means a damn thing. I think it, it may still be spread in orc culture, or it could be that the Brain Boys were the old ones. Okay. Either way. And correct me on the Discord, anybody who plays orcs, I know there's a ton of orc players, and orc lore is phenomenal. I love orc lore. It's hilarious every time. <laughs> so feel free to come at me on the Discord. Feel free to hit me up on Twitter at Warhammer underscore lore, just in case I missed something. Or if I'm completely talking out of my ass and I was lied to in everything I learned. <laughs> but that's all of the orcs beginnings their creation at least from a cultural perspective to the orcs knowledge if that makes sense to the orcs knowledge this is how we came to be as far as they're aware they were just kind of shit out of a mushroom since we're done talking about where they came from do you want to talk about some of their their um physiological uh i don't know advantages finger quotes Big word for you, Brad. <laughs> uh, yeah, we can talk about it. Okay, so basically, orcs are they're a fusion between animal and fungus on the most basic of levels. 
So this, this is odd because it shouldn't work, but the orcs animal side is within complete harmony of the fungal side. And each of their respective aspects makes, because they came together so fluidly, it makes the orcs tough and resilient. So when you compare an orc to a human, the fungus in the orc's body allows them to negate the use of complex internal organs, unlike a human who needs them. This also, in orcs' bodies, allows them to not need an immune system, and they don't need reproductive anatomies. Again, unlike a human, we need all three of those things. For all of you orc fans out there, I'm going to bring up Grasgul Thraka. And for everybody else, this is just going to be a fun orc fact. Grasgul Thraka is currently, and to our knowledge, the most powerful orc to ever existed. Every orc that meets him considers him a scion or messenger or prophet of their deities, Gorgon Mork. How he became so powerful? He got his head cut off and a pain boy, who we'll discuss later, pretty much just kind of stapled it to a bigger orc body. <laughs> and that keeps happening. It's happened like three times. He just keeps, <laughs> somebody will chop his head off and he's like, and somebody just kind of like finds a nail gun and shoots it back onto a different body. <laughs> and the only reason that it works like that is because part, part, it's like pretty much 50-50, partially because of their, you know, their fungal, they don't really need to breathe, things like that, at least for a set amount of time. And partly because they're so fucking stupid, they don't realize their head's been cut off. They don't realize they're not supposed to be alive. <clears throat> Imagination! <laughs> <laughs> Um, so, yeah, yeah, that is a proving point right there. They don't need to eat, breathe. They, they don't need to do anything to survive. They just do. So, you know, it goes on further. The orcs reproduce through sporing. That's why they don't need reproductive organs. Gross. <laughs> However... They are, their animalistic side comes out in the aspects of different than animals. They do need to have a pack to survive. They cannot survive on their own because they're omnivorous type creatures. This means they rely on each section of the pack to do certain jobs. So you have your hunters, you have your gatherers, you have, you know, the docks, you have every pack has this kind of job hierarchy and without one of those positions being filled the whole the whole pack will just fall so that being said we move on to one of probably the most interesting aspects of the orc is their lack of any signs of evolution or evolutionary process. They do, they have not evolved. They've never changed from what they originally were unless they have themselves desired to do so through biological engineering or physical engineering. If they decide to change themselves, then they will change. Otherwise, there's been no natural course of evolution for these creatures. 
do you know this is actually that's a prompt for a really fun it's, it's not a fan theory it's uh like it's part of soci- sociology it's it's the only reason it can't be real is because sociology might not be what i'm thinking of the only reason it can't be real is because orcs aren't real there is a not theory what's the word i'm looking for an opinion floating around that orcs are the best race and the most evolved mentally the most stable race to ever exist in any form of fantasy and you know what that is you know why that is Mm. so you just said it they have never evolved naturally they only evolve when they want to and that's pretty much just because they want to they found something they thought might be fun to try (laughs) as far as the orcs are concerned if you ask an orc they are already perfect they don't need to evolve because they've already reached the peak of perfection huh well and that's that's just one of the like we like to make fun of orcs but then you think about it Every every race in any point of fantasy is always looking to do better, to get better, to find a better way to do this, or to find happiness. Da 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 da. da. And then orcs are just like mean green fight machines. <laughs> their life is happiness. You put a <laughs> shovel in their, you put a shovel in them ham to tell them to dig a hole, and they'll whistle a tune the whole fucking time. <laughs> They're happy with who they are. They are <laughs> genuinely just exactly happy with who they are. <laughs> so uh, that actually does lead me nicely into one of the most important features of the orc, which is their green skin. So you may be thinking to yourselves, why is this the most important part of the orc? Because combine that with their green blood, it has been... It is in game lore. The conclusion has come to that they actually photosynthesize. So they don't actually need to have nutrition from the form of food. They just eat because that's what they feel like they're supposed to do. But it is they've come to the conclusion, you know, all other races have come to the conclusion that they photosynthesize to get their nutrients. Which would give that, which this absolutely gives them a huge advantage over any other race in the game because you can cut off their food supplies, you can cut off their water supplies, you can cut off everything from them for sustainability, and they will still be fine because they do not need it unless they believe that they need it, then they're fine, which is another interesting aspect. And I think one of the greatest aspects of orcs, which is their imagination. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to simply put this uh, and Mango, you can fill in the gaps here. Basically, if an orc, if you if you get an orc wah to believe in something, enough of them believe it becomes true. For the orcs. 100%. Yeah. That's it, their... Orcs are actually considered out of game, possibly in game by certain people like the Emperor, to be the most powerful psychic force in mm-hmm. existence. The only reason they can't go toe-to-toe with someone, say, like the Emperor is because they 
don't band together. It's been said by GW that if the orcs bothered to band together as a whole race, they would easily take the whole galaxy. (laughs) So basically, in a nutshell, nobody knows why this is the thing. There is absolutely no in-game lore explanation as to why that this is a thing that I could find. There 100% is a reason. Oh, so so what is this reason? They're orcs. Oh, God, get out of here. So <laughs> other than I really thought I was going to learn something on that one. <laughs> well, that, that is like, I'm, it's to my knowledge, that's genuinely the like canon answer. I did find some fan <laughs> theories. One of which I really liked, which was basically because of how they were created. And since they are such in tune with the natural forces of existence, that that is why they can generate these large psychic fields during a wa or in a wa to create basically mass psychokinetic energy to create whatever the hell they feel like. That was one, one of, of the, the theories I found. One of the more interesting fan theories that I found, and this is, I think this is one that I kind of subscribe to, is because they are part fungal and part animal, there's enough animal that they remain individuals, but because they're fungal, they essentially work, they, they essentially work as an independent hive mind. And the, and the reason their psychic force is so powerful is because when they all think the same thing, they're working as one hive mind. It's just the animal part that's stopping them from doing that constantly. Huh. I like that. (laughs) (laughs) So the last thing I have here before we jump into what you got for us, Mango, is I actually happened to find that during my research, a discussion of the old ones. Nice. Okay. Excuse me. When you were talking, or when when I was trying to research evolution and their creation, I found that you are 100% right. The old ones in Orc Legend are the Brain Boys. Called it. So I actually found this through digging through different sites and things. Yes, the old ones are, in fact, the Brain Boys, which in fact makes everything that we gave at the beginning of this 100% still canon regardless of how they want to spin it that's fair so the only (laughs) thing that realistically changed is that the orcs no longer know who the fuck the old ones are yeah essentially so I mean and that's great because I love the fact that they're just too damn dumb to remember who the old ones are (laughs) well as far as the orcs are concerned what's it matter the old ones are dead which means they're not orc enough to be an orc Are you orky enough to join the orc club? Uh, So, before we go further, I do want to talk about uh, imagination a little bit more. Uh, Colors. This is how potent the orc's powers are. Red. Red represents speed in the orc kind of consensus so everything that is painted red in the orc factions goes faster 
and it really does go faster. And even in game, the mechanic allows them, I think, to go like one or two extra for the speed stat. Yeah, it gives them. I don't play orcs, so I don't know the exact thing, but it gives them more movement speed. Mm-hmm. So yes, red makes things go faster. Yellow, yellow means wealth and more firepower. So what often you'll see is, you know, teeth or you know, jewelry or even weapons painted yellow, <laughs> weapons and armor painted yellow. And then you'll also go on to see their guns and weaponry is painted yellow because this makes it stronger and it means you're rich it. Black is... Nothing, nothing says wealth like the color piss. <laughs> Sorry, I just wanted to throw that out there. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, black represents toughness. So... If something's painted black, that means it's tougher than it's usually supposed to be. So often what you'll see is aircrafts actually painted black in the orc armies. And this is because obviously it's it's tougher. And it survives longer. So blue <laughs> blue represents luck. So there's nothing really to explain about that. If you want to be lucky, paint it blue. That's the way the orcs think. Yeah. So, uh, <clears throat> here is the thing. This is where it gets real good. Purple makes you sneaky. And it is in game lore stated that no one has ever seen orc vehicles, weaponry, or armor painted purple. Yep. Because it is invisible and super stealthy so no one so has the, ever actually seen purple used a fun fact about that is that that's one of those things that's uh, again this is to my knowledge that's almost a joke because it's never been seen nobody knows if it's real or not <laughs> <laughs> it could just be that orcs are like because i think that literally in like if you read the books and everything like that the orcs are like purple means stealthy and everybody's like that's not true like you ever seen a purple orc so it's just <laughs> nobody knows if it's genuinely true. I don't even know if it's a game rule. <laughs> I'm going to have to when this episode recording is done, I'm going to go look up and see if it is a game rule. So white makes you. OK, this is the this one. Everybody else. Yeah. Yeah. This one. This one threw me off because the research I found, it was written in Orcish. So it says make white makes you deafy killy. Oh, so yeah, that's yeah. what and every every chopper or shooter you gotta paint white makes deafy killiness possible, even when you're dead. <laughs> that Crit one confused confused by, me. Crit <laughs> yeah, was confused by this. He actually had to ask me about it because he was he couldn't figure out why orcs would shoot you with something that made you not be able to hear anything and then die. <laughs> I did. I did. <laughs> uh, so yeah white just makes you it, it just means death It's that's what I gathered from this that's what you had basically told me it just means it's a killing machine that's that is my understanding of it if any yet again if anybody has a deeper understanding of it yes. hit me your crit up and let us know please correct to my knowledge white just means it kills better <laughs> 
So the last one, and probably is the best one, is green. Because orcs are green oh. mean fighting yeah. machines. This is another one he had to ask me about, and he, he couldn't understand why, because green, he's like, but green doesn't do anything. I was like, yeah, it is. Green's the best. Green's the best because orcs the best. And he's like, but it doesn't actually do anything. Yes, it does. It's the best because orcs the best. It was a whole thing. <laughs> so uh, there's one more thing here we have to add in. At, you may be thinking, okay, yeah, but I've seen other orc paint jobs, or I, as an orc player, paint mine with another paint job, which is the checkered paint jobs. You're right. But all this is is a combination effect from different paint jobs. Or it's a sign of strength and luck. It's kind of just there. Because nobody, to my knowledge, canonically, nobody just checkered paint jobs their whole car. They'll do checkered paints on like certain areas or they'll do like a design like a pinstripe or something but they won't do the whole vehicle so it's not technically a full-on paint job it's just kind of like more of a design and all it does is add strength and luck it's a sign of strength and luck so but yeah that's it that's all we have for the biology and the imagination of orcs T-shirts will be selling as soon as I convince <laughs> Ariel to make them of crit doing what he does every single time. Yep. He says imagination. The rainbow from SpongeBob. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, that's all I have. So, well, um, what do we got next? Do you happen to know who Gork and Mork is? I know one's yellow and one's Blue? Yes, Vegeta and Goku. Vegeta and Goku. Damn! I nailed it! <laughs> so the orcs actually worship Gork and Mork. These twin gods live in what is called the Great Green in the warp. So in 40k, thoughts and feelings actually have a significant amount of power. With the orcs, this takes place in one way as Gork and Mork. These deities are believed to be the manifestation of the orcs' kind of warlike culture. The gods are actually insanely different. Two sides of the same coin kind of deal. Uh, One is believed to be brutal and cunning, while the other one is actually considered to be cunning and brutal. I understand the Patreon now! actually wrote in my notes, maybe now Aaron and some of our patrons are picking up on part of our Patreon naming scheme. (laughs) (laughs) Are you cunning and brutal or brutal and cunning? That's actually, that is a direct quote from most of the York books. So this is my opinion about the difference. Um, Could be... I could be full of shit. I don't think there is a literal definition because the orcs just pretty much go to war every time anybody disagrees about who's better and what it means and stuff like that. My opinion, brutally cunning means, okay, he's charging at me. He thinks he can dodge, but if I punch him hard enough and fast enough, he can't dodge. Fair enough. Cunningly brutal means, okay, he's charging at me because he thinks he can dodge, but I'm just going to fucking shoot him. (laughs) (laughs) So... What you're saying is, are you Vin Diesel or are you Indiana Jones? 
family. Family. <laughs> you know what's more powerful than an orc wall? Family. <laughs> I love that because um, if Vin Diesel listens, he will understand that. <laughs> As he is a 40k oh, player. I have a new goal. <laughs> Actually. I'm gonna cut. Uh, I'm gonna keep that, but I'm gonna cut this next part because I'm gonna add to my list to try and get a hold of Vin Diesel. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, definitely do it when we do the Blood Angels episode because he is a huge Blood Angel player. Yeah, shitload of people play Blood Angels. It's infuriating. There's other factions. Fuck them. They're, nobody's <laughs> better than Blood Angels. Uh, I feel like I was gonna make another joke, but I don't remember what it is. Oh, Crit, have do you know the legend? Of Zelda, of, yes. Who's that? Uh, I don't have time to explain. Go listen to the other <laughs> podcast. <laughs> Crid, do you know the legend of Chuck Norris? I know many a legend of Chuck Norris. Do you know that once he was wandering the desert and he got bit by an incredibly venomous snake? And after three agonizing days, Vin Diesel showed up and healed him with the power of family. <laughs> The snake, so you anyway, mean, right? The, he healed the snake, right? The snake was a metaphor. Like I had said, wars have been fought a lot, no. pretty much constantly. Was. Over no, wa is a group of orcs going, orcs going and following. <laughs> See, a this war orc line. orc language is confusing. <laughs> so, if one tribe fights another tribe, that's just a regular ass war. If like five tribes come together under one war boss and go and fight in general, that's a wah. That's a wah. Oh my god! Although technically a wah could also be one tribe fighting in a, another tribe, but that's just more boring. Wah is just orc screaming war. <laughs> <laughs> I love orcs. Oh, second favorite class to play when I play. That's what it's gonna be. <laughs> I'm gonna have an army of blood angels and an army of orcs because I just can't get over this. Uh, anyway, I feel like you're gonna be you're gonna be one of those people that has like a, sp- a small patrol of like every faction. I think I will be because I just there's too much to love about all of these factions. There, well, don't worry, we'll find factions that you hate. <laughs> if you don't care about anime and mechs, you won't you'll won't give a shit about the towel. So, <laughs> well, I love both of those things. So. Do you like blue? Do you like blue titties? Because that's really all the Tao have going for him is all the fucking milk jokes, the milk memes. Um, anyway, anyway, back to the war. The orcs believe that both Gork and Mork offer help to individuals in combat, but honestly, it does not matter who worships who. To my knowledge, for the most part, as far as I am like aware, Gork is primarily worshipped by like your average Joe Orc a Jork if you will while Mork is worshipped by Odd Boys who are kind of your specialist Orcs mechs and weird boys and such Orc Gargants which are the so the Imperium has Titans which are you've seen Imperial Knights you've seen the one that I built Mm -hmm. Titans are like five times that size Gargants are, are basically the Orcs version of that those are actually supposedly made in Gork and Mork's image. My God. 
You know what Vin Diesel, Gork, and Mork, and Grass Gothraka all have in common? <sighs> They're all on your brain right now? <laughs> Some of those are always on my brain. Wink, wink. <laughs> anyway, they love our mid-breaks. Oh, so I guess it's time to go ahead and go to our mid-break. Yeah, but only if you really... I mean, we don't have to, but you're going to piss off Gork and Mork. All right, well, let's not piss off Gork and Mork. Go to the mid-break. <laughs> Everybody, welcome back to your favorite part of the show. We all know you're not here to talk about Warhammer. You're here for merch. <laughs> Excessive pounding! <laughs> uh, First and foremost... Everybody, we finally have a patron. Wouldn't you know it? We put up the patron after three weeks and we got one. <laughs> so I want to give a super special, extra throbbing, love filled thank you to the Seven Sins for being our first patron. <laughs> and that is at our Adeptus Fumbless tier. Much love, Sins. I just want to say I also went ahead and sent Blades a uh, lovely little adaptation of Charlie Transmutation if he was in the Warhammer universe. <laughs> and it, oh, yeah. it was great. <laughs> <laughs> we may be making a poster out of that. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> you can never have too many posters. <laughs> but yes, thank you to our lovely patron. Uh, I personally know Blades and Blades is a lovely person. So thank you, Blades. Uh, but we also have to give a lovely shout out to our listeners, the the people that are listening to the podcast as it comes out. Thank you, because without you, we wouldn't grow as a show. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely didn't completely forgot that I'm not just talking to Aaron. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. So uh, with the thank yous out of the way, uh, merch items. <laughs> no, I didn't think we were going to do that this week. Oh, well, fuck you. I brought one. <laughs> That's fair. I, I also can't say that after beating the shit out of my desk about merch items. So, uh, normally we would go with you first. Yes. But I'm going to pull a you. Oh. And I'm going to randomly pick from the peanut gallery. <laughs> Just to mix it up a little bit. Eeny, meeny, money, mo. Crit, you go first because it's only me and I don't want to go first. <laughs> you son of a bitch. <laughs> well... <clears throat> Have you ever found yourself caught between two fandoms? Yes. I'm in like eight of your podcasts. I paid to be there. I know. And <laughs> it's so tough because you're like, oh my gosh, I love this one. And I also love this one. And sometimes I wish they would just collab and come together. Well, if you love My Little Pony and you love Warhammer, do I have this shirt for you? We have a collab. Uh, it's not official though, so there's that uh <laughs> i introduced to you the my little pony dreadnought t-shirt <laughs> my little dreadnought my, my little, little dreadnought, dreadnought. <laughs> so bronies this is your chance to mix up yeah let's go <laughs> so for 18 dollars and 99 cents and you get a nice little 20 percent off coupon right now in addition to this price you can get the My Little Dreadnought Warhammer 40k Space Marine t-shirt. And on it is a 
Rainbow that says My Little with Pony crossed out Dreadnought. And it is a Dreadnought painted pink with two hearts. Lovely placed on it. You can get this in a multitude of colors. You can get it black, red, white, navy, yellow, royal blue, green bottle. That one, that one had me rolling. Uh, <laughs> blue sky, Irish green, ooh. Charcoal, pale pink, purple, dark pink, pink azalea, ooh. Sand, for all our military members out there, you can get a sand tea for this. <laughs> Dark chocolate, orange, or spot. Sorry, sport gray, not spot gray. Uh, Yes, so you can get this item. And if you order more than one, you also get more off. Order up to three and you get $11.39 off. And you can still use the coupon that they get lovely provided to you on the website, T-Drab. So go to T-Drab and get your My Little Dreadnought shirt today if you want it. And the link for that will be in the show notes. So that's what I brought today. Crit, uh, you talking about that reminded me of a meme. I need you to check your chat right now. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, ponies. Friendship is magic. Magic is heresy. <laughs> 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 uh, <laughs> uh, that needs to be a t-shirt. <laughs> I, there's no way it's not somewhere. <laughs> Here it is as a pillow. <laughs> Here's Applejack with a flamethrower burning heretics. Yeah, I got to back out of this before I get distracted. Oh, my gosh. I'm going to go into this later after we get done recording. (laughs) Okay. Well, I have a question for you now, Crit. Oh, okay. It's not really. It's not a question. I know. I know the answer. You have kids, right? uh, Yeah, five. Lots. All of them. So many. (laughs) uh, I imagine our listeners have kids. I know Biker does. So I imagine there's at least a few of you out there that have children, but you love Warhammer. Obviously you're here. Yeah. So you would probably, have you ever, you ever been the type of parent to read your kids bedtime stories all the time? Yeah. So, so you would like, uh, would you like to mix that with your love of nerdy bullshit? Of course. Yeah. That's why I have the Cthulhu collection for my children. (laughs) That's actually perfect because I'm now introducing you to Warham Adventures, Warped Galaxies, oh the children book God. series for Warhammer. Just when I thought I brought the kookiest item, you go and one up me again. I I'm not even trying to be kooky. I just love. Holy shit! I didn't know this until I so saw. I've known about this book series for a long time, but I didn't know that it was read by David Tennant. <laughs> <laughs> I've always wanted to buy. I, I, I keep this is on my wish list to buy. Now I have to buy it and also get it on uh, audiobook so I so I can listen to David Tennant soothe me to sleep while the children of the universe get vaporized. <laughs> oh my gosh! So I found this on Amazon. You can get. Uh, I believe there are six books. You can get all six. You can get them as a pack. You can get them individually. Whatever. Do whatever makes you feel special. It's four ages, nine to 12 years old. Now, I've read the summary of some of these, and that's fucking crazy to me because it's just like every children's book you want to read your children to sleep with. A lot of death. A <laughs> lot of death. So many things go bad. They're fighting Gene Stiller cults. They're fighting Necrons. They're fighting Tyranids, Orcs, Nurglings. 
not really sure why you're reading this to your children. <laughs> I want it for me. But look, I don't have kids. You go ahead and live your life the way you want to. <laughs> I'm not a judge. Uh, that would be heresy. Uh, yeah, ju- yeah, judging is heresy. <laughs> you heard it here first, folks. But now that I have put, I don't have kids, but I do have animals. Uh, and after putting them to sleep with stories of people's families being turned into gene stealers and fed to the nids. <laughs> I think it's a perfect time to go into sponsors. Who we got? <laughs> I love your transition piece there. <laughs> uh, well, we actually have a new sponsor. We have a new one. Yes. So remember when you said you read your lovely little pets to sleep? Yes, of course. Of course. I'm doing it right now. Yeah. (laughs) Well, after that's done, obviously you're a little tired yourself and you want to pick me up. So what better way to do it with our new sponsor, Dubby Energy. Dubby Energy. (laughs) So if you head on over to dubby.gg, you can also use our lovely promo code FUMBLING4 and get 10% off. And a whole fat 10%. Oh, let's go. So uh, they have a multitude of selections of drinks to choose from. Uh, which one is your favorite currently running? Uh, the orange one. Calo cream? I love everything orange. <laughs> yeah. Calio cream. Calio cream. I think it's Calio cream. <laughs> Uh, but it's not bad priced either. You you get so for forty bucks right off the bat, thirty nine ninety nine. You get thirty servings. Okay, that's thirty energy drinks. So basically, you're paying a dollar per drink. I I'm waiting on my samples as of right now to try it. But I have had a few of my close friends here tell me that they've actually already bought this item and. They have they, the one of them particular favorite was the push and punch, and they said they absolutely love it. It is the best tasting punch energy drink they've had in a very long time. And you don't have any friends that tried dub sludge. I, I don't think, and nobody's tried dub sludge. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, for basically a dollar energy drink, and you know, a lot of us as gamers, we are pounding these energy drinks. And the problem is we're also pounding these energy drinks with a bunch of bad shit in it for us. Well, these guys, they have vitamins like B3, B6, B12, vitamin C, you know, everything your body needs to stay healthy. And they still have that energy kick you need by using green coffee fruit extract. So that's awesome because I have swapped off of Red Bull and off of Monster and things because of the crap they're pumping into it. And I've gone to a water water energy-based drink, which is the sparkling ice caffeinated. And I still find myself with that caffeine headache when I don't have enough of these. So I'm excited to get switched over to Dubby and do a healthier alternative for energy drinks. But yeah, so that's our new sponsor. If you use the promo code FUMBLING4 at Dubby.gg, you can get 10% off. Yee yee. Yee yee. <laughs> we also have a couple other sponsors. Like. No way. No way. So, uh, you know, you save 10% off there. Go ahead and roll on over to fanroll. 
Facebook.com. Funny every time. Every time. And uh, use our promo code AlmightyC10 and save yourself 10% off of the lovely dice they have there or dice trays, dice towers, dice bags. They've got new dice coming out all the time. They have wood, metal, resin, plastic, rubber, you you name it, they've got it. And they're awesome. They're really, really cheaply priced. And they are really, really good quality. So head on over there and use the promo code almightyc 10 and save yourself 10% off. And then when you're done there, you can head over to nixiegaming.com and use our promo code LOZLORE10 and save yourself 10% off of some of their lovely Nintendo Switch gaming accessories. Right now, top runner is the Nintendo GameCube controller. So head over there, check those things out. And uh, hopefully, especially for you Warhammer fans, we'll have some more Warhammer oriented discount codes to come your way. We do this for you. We love you. So that's it. We're done. That's all the sponsors we have right now. So I guess it's time for us to go to the end of the show. Not the end of the show. I maintain, look, we need a new sub goal. If we get enough patrons, I say we do like a 24 hour stream where we just talk about Warhammer. Can we do it? Not a chance in hell, but I say we try. (laughs) Listen, I'll tell you right now. If we get 50 patrons... I will dedicate to a 24-hour Warhammer stream where we either play Warhammer games or we talk about Warhammer games or we'll paint Warhammer minis or we'll talk about Warhammer itself. We'll do it as a Patreon-exclusive goal. I say if we get 50 patrons, we'll do it. You heard it here, ladies and gentlemen. Boss Man said it himself. Tell your friends so I can fail miserably at this and fall asleep halfway through. Listen, it won't be the first time I've done a 24-hour Twitch stream and immediately wanted to destroy everything. I will absolutely call off of my day job. Listen, I, t- I will not have a choice. I'll do you one better. I'll do you one better. We'll do this, and we if we get 50, we'll do the 24-hour Twitch stream. And during the 24-hour Twitch stream, all everything that we get, subs bits everything we get during that 24 hours we will donate to suicide prevention awareness boom what do you have to tell your friends or you're a bad person (laughs) i'm speaking to you specifically not crit who's looking at me you who's thinking is he thinking me yes yes tell your friends (laughs) we'll do it we'll do it live we'll do it fuck it we're doing it live uh well with that being said we need to go to the end of the show (laughs) welcome back from that mid-break hope you had a blast hope you had a fucking phenomenal time if not blame the host of the show i hear he's a really nice guy and also doesn't care about your opinions wow what a dick (laughs) i think we may have walked ourselves into a uh real doozy of a deal here watch as we get 50 so uh, 50 patrons overnight we're fucked. <laughs> It'll be for a good cause, though. It'll be for a good cause. It'll be for, for a good cause. So I, I now I kind of want to, now that you know the general, you have the general idea of the orcs, how they were born and all that funness. I want to get into specifically what they did in 30K. Like I said, it wasn't much, but some really cool shit happened. Realistically, like I said earlier, they were very much background characters. They were kind of just over there somebody 
like the Primarchs were like, hey, did you hear about the orcs? And like, yeah. So anyway, what'd you eat for lunch? It didn't matter that much. Like I said in the last episode, 30K was all about that 100% free range, all Terran humi beef. <laughs> the only factions other than humans that even existed at this point were orcs, Eldar, and to a very minimal degree, chaos. During the Age of Strife, the orcs just kind of up and got good. They existed beforehand. They just didn't do much. They were kind of doing their own thing in their own little region. During the Age of Strife, they actually started to branch out and take over planets and things like that. During the Great Crusade, the Emperor led not one, not three, but two major campaigns to stop some to stop some green ass. First was Erlex Erg's empire based around the planet Olinor. The Emperor and Horus essentially led a two-pronged strike against him. First, Horus led Erlek away while the Emperor while the Emperor's forces retook the outlying systems. Then Horus carved a path to Erlek and to quote Rob Schneider, cut his freaking head off. <laughs> the Emperor considered the orcs a, an extremely minor threat. Once Erlek was defeated, they very much put them on the back burner. This would prove to be real stupid. The orcs took some big swings in 544.m32, which is, I believe, the 32nd millennium in the year 544. I could be reading that wrong. Have no idea how you're supposed to read dates in this thing. (laughs) An orc warlord known just as the Beast managed to unite a huge chunks of orcs and arguably came pretty close to conquering the galaxy. At this point in time, that was completely unheard of. Only the Eldar had really managed to do it, and the orcs were basically considered to be big, dumb meanie heads. This was the largest Wa ever seen, and he is still referred to as the Grazgul Thraka of 30k. Grazgul Thraka, like I said earlier, is, in my opinion, and to my knowledge canonically, the biggest, baddest, most successful orc to ever orc. But again, that's 40k. We're talking 30k. This is a quote from the Beast Must Die novel, just to give you kind of an idea. This is just a narrated piece from the Beast Must Die novel. When battling against the Beast during the War of the Beast, Vulcan forced the Beast and himself into the raw energy of the wall. So like their psychic energy used to power the mighty Cathedral Gargant. While exposed to the raw power, Vulcan witnessed the origins of the orcs and was able to watch Gork and Mork battle each other at the beginning of time. This allowed Vulcan to realize the nature of the orcs and their relationship to chaos and how they were an emergent race that evolves through trial and error. Vulcan, for any of you who don't remember, is the Primarch of the Salamanders. Thoughts on that quote? More so awe in awe of that quote because that means he was able to see Gork and Mork fight which is supposed to be these legendary orcs and he was able to see this they're not even orcs they're straight up gods well, that's even yeah okay so they are straight up gods I thought they were just like orcs that were really powerful that the orcs believed were gods okay no so they are in fact gods they are they are the deities of the orcs so we were uh, a primarch was able to see this 
Yep. Just in awe. Just in awe at this. That's. <laughs> I have no comment for that other than, what the fuck? <laughs> in short, that I mean, realistically, that is essentially the. It's a pretty quick rundown, but short of genuinely just reading the books, this is this is essentially the the summary of the orcs in 30k. They went to war a couple of times, and they were fairly important battles. But they really just served as a way to introduce you to the personalities, mostly of the Primarchs, and show you how the Emperor was, uh, you'll find out later, kind of a shitty dad. I don't want to say it's his fault, but he definitely fucked up where he, several times he very easily could have avoided it. Uh, yeah. We'll get to it. So uh, now that you're done talking about that, and the 30k, I do want to bring something that I found interesting while researching works in 30k. We'll see how much I care. <laughs> uh, you don't care about the Orc Perium? We're not going to go super in-depth into the, or the Orc Perium. I think it would be better to talk about the Prime Orcs more in-depth than their escapades as a patron-exclusive episode eventually. I love that so much. <laughs> so... I'm just going to give you a basic rundown of what I found on the Orcperium because it's too fucking good not to. <laughs> so the Orcperium was first encountered in the height of the Great Crusade in late 30,000 or the 30th millennia or 30,000th millennia or however the hell you say it. <laughs> 30 millionth. I don't know. So 30K. It was in the late of the Great Crusades during 30K. The clan is believed to be an offshoot of the original Blood Axe clan because they are the first clan to have contact with the actual Imperium. So what we have here is the Orc Perium saw what the Imperium of Man was able to do and they began to believe that the Imperium of Man was bestowed with some sort of mystical power because of their organization and their beliefs. So because of this, they began to mimic the Imperium of Man and created the Orc Imperium of Orc. Which is nuts. <laughs> So what hilarious, the, it is hilarious. So what the Orc Perium would do was they would savage pieces of Imperial power armor, not just when in battle. They would also go out and scout and observe different ships where they may drop destroyed belongings or they may get rid of like, you know, they may scrap pieces or which doesn't happen often because, as we know, the Imperium of Man likes to recycle their goods as much as possible. But if any of their pieces were just deemed unsalvageable, the Orc Perium would come in and salvage it for them. They would then repaint and repurpose their vehicles, armor, weaponry, anything that would be considered Imperium of Mam stuff. They would repurpose it, repaint it, and convert it. They also chose their own factions color schemes much like the Imperium of Man. So they didn't understand 
the color schemes or anything else. They just knew the Imperium Man had different color schemes, so we have to, too. Like I said, they mimicked the entirety of the Imperium of Man. Down to even the Emperor. We have the Boss Emperor. This is believed to be the War Chief. Well, it is in fact the War Chief, but it is the War Chief of the Orc Perium. And not a lot is known about this War Chief in particular, except for he's clad in gold armor that is cobbled together from different sources. It is gold, just like just like our emperor. And the orcs consider him extremely dangerous, even by war boss standards. And they believe that the emperor has the abilities of surviving the void exposure without harm, physic defying athletic abilities and strength, the ability to survive grievous wounds and heal quickly, and the competency at hand-to-hand combat. So he's he's competent in hand-to-hand combat. So they worship the boss emperor, much like the Imperium of Man worships the emperor in different... You really, you really struggle with orc language. I do, you? totally. It's... I. <laughs> The one you'd think the guy who fucks up all English language would be natural to the orc language, but no, I fuck everything. So, <laughs> <laughs> so the emperor also has his own elite mega death guard, which is called, and these are these are knobs, and they're called the custodies. So, <laughs> like I said, they mimic the Imperium of Man to the T down to even the Primarchs. And the Primarchs are the Primarchs are directly named after the different Primarchs that they witnessed in the Great Crusade. So we have Grawlamon, Sanguinus, Korax, Sneaky the Snake, Jagged Eye, Arn Orcus, Lionel, Orus, Uklin the Black, and this, yeah, this is our Primarchs. And they command their own particular groups. Like I said, that they that, that's their factions. It's ridiculous in a nutshell because the final thing that they embody directly as a reflection of the Imperium of Man is the Emperor's will. The Emperor's will is almost like the direct opposite of the Emperor Man's will. The Emperor Man wants to unite humanity. The Emperor wants to unite Orc that he thinks are cool. (laughs) Just the ones he thinks are cool. Just the ones he thinks are cool. Like the ones that he's like, ah, okay. So (laughs) that that is the Emperor's will. There's like a lot. It's, there's a lot more like to go it. into it, but yeah, it's basically in a nutshell. The Emperor's will is if the orcs are cool enough. <laughs> I, I like how it's like a direct, like a, when you said he copied the Emperor. You were not lying. They even named themselves after the <laughs> Primarchs and everything. Yeah, 
they even go as far as to later on, and we'll talk about this more in the patron-only chat, but they have a small population of Tyranids that they use, much like the Emperor Man uses the Adeptus Mechanicus. Basically the same kind of principle, except for instead of making a deal with the Tyranids, they just captured them. And they consider that a deal. Like I said, there's a whole there's a whole lot more to these guys than meets the eye. <laughs> but they basically emulated almost to the T what the actual Imperium of Man is. It's great. <laughs> I, I love the Prime Orcs. The whole thing just proves how fucking hilarious orcs are. The lore is really great. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I wanted to uh, add that tidbit in there because they uh, play a minor important role in the orcs history during 30k as well. Gotta love the orcs. <laughs> so anyway, yeah, there's my little blurb for you. <laughs> Coming now towards the end of the episode, I just want to kind of more like give a better explanation of some of the individual groups. So when you say basic rundown of the groups, you don't mean factions. You're talking about specific, essentially jobs, literal groups. Yes. Okay. Yeah, because we've done factions on these guys. Yeah. Uh, Well, we did clans. Oh, uh, this this is going to be which, like I said, clans are what you're born into. These are kind of where you, this is where you go. So first and foremost is a lot of people's. I don't want to say favorite. They're an outcast group. Maybe they are a favorite. I don't know. The free Buddhas. Oh, my God. Spacefaring pirates formed of outcasts from their original tribes and clans. These are the guys. Just like I said, they're outcasts. If you don't want to be a part of a clan, and you really don't like what they do, you become a free Buddha. They're just their own thing. They're pirates. They're orc pirates. The most famous one, whose name escapes me, the most famous one literally wears a tricorn hat. Morgosh Kolgraz. Captain of the Worldbreaker. <laughs> <laughs> Next up is the Cult of Speed. This one's actually very popular. This is the one. They pretty much paint literally everything red. These, these guys are addicted to speed like they're not happy these are the guys you see in like a sonic parking lot working on their cars because they want it to just be better we're talking these guys strap like rocket engines to the back of their cars and shit like that they're uh, they're thrill seekers they love speed then we've got feral orcs these are primitive primitive orcs cut off from broader orc society. They just kind of live in the trees. It doesn't happen often, but they are around. Beast snaggas. Hunters of great beasts who prefer, prefer a more simple lifestyle. Sneaky gits. Orcs who love the art of stealth. We know they're not purple, because otherwise we didn't know they existed. <laughs> Boom boys. I bet you can't guess what they do. Uh, is it doctor? <laughs> yes, that's exactly what they do. They, but they prefer like to doctor in reverse where they blow shit up. <laughs> Pyromaniacs, orb obsessed, obsessed with flame weapons and fire just in general. 
big crumpas. Uh, oh, for everybody listening out there, what they call fighting is crumpin. They'll be like, we, I need a good crumpin. <laughs> that guy deserves a good crumpin. Big crumpas, orcs obsessed with getting up close and personal and using melee weapons such as power claws. That's claws with a K-L-A-W-Z, orc language. We got truck boys, orcs obsessed with their vehicles. Odd boys, odd boys is more of a group. These are your, these are going to be your specialists. These are orcs that are born with special jobs. Interestingly enough, literally in their blood. It's part of their DNA to be these specialists. Kind of like Philip J. Fry. Born to be a delivery boy. <laughs> We've got your mech boys, orc mechanics and inventors. Also known as mechanic. <laughs> I can't fucking say that word. M E K I A K S. We've got pain boys, orc surgeons and doctors, also known as mad docs or docs. We've got your weird boys, highly psychic orcs. A fun little nickname for them is actually head poppers. Because sometimes they fuck up or they just get too excited and they draw in so much power from the warp, their heads explode. And I'm going to throw this out there because it's not that well known. A head popper is one of the potential reasons that the giant warp rift that split the galaxy in half that we'll talk about in 40k happened. Some of you are losing your fucking mind. You're like, no, this is what happened. I'm telling you, this is one of the potential reasons it happened in the background while the larger war was happening. And you know how 40k is. Nothing's ever nothing's ever truly set in stone. <laughs> and then we've got runt herds, straight up slave masters, and they and breeders of Gretchen and Snotlings. They're also just straight up known as slavers. Breaking down like the actual like jobs, kind of. We've got the knobs, who are the rolling class. These are typically your leaders and all that. Mega knobs. Knobs wearing mega armor. Mega armor is just crazy fucking thick armor. It's it's mega armor is their equivalent to space marine armor. We've got flash kits, knobs equipped with the most exotic and expensive ranged weapons. Cyborgs. You heard me right. Mm-hmm. Not with a G, with a K. Cyborgs. Knobs who either by choice or due to an injury have been extensi- extensively surgically altered by a pain boy. Knob bikers, knobs who ride into battle on war bikes. Next, next little group we're going to go to is the boys, who is literally everybody that I did not just talk about. We've got boys, the standard orc, usually divided into mobs equipped for either ranged or close quarter combat. We've got odd boys. Odd boys are heavily armored orc boys who wear Eviyama. In the orc hierarchy, odd boys tend to be tend to hold a position just below knobs. Commandos, I desperately need you people to look this up because the way they spell shit is amazing. Considered to be the epitome of orc cunning, they work as units behind enemy lines in order to create havoc and confusion. 
for the record, to my knowledge, this typically means instead of walking up to a front gate, they just kind of like walk slightly next to the front gate. <laughs> or they'll just like drop out of fucking orbit because orcs and just attack everything. It's not like it's not like command. They don't work behind enemy lines like humans do where they're like maybe poison the food supply or like knock out the power grid or something like that. No, commandos, to my knowledge, basically just show up and start killing everybody slightly different, slightly away from where everyone else is killing everybody. Burna boys, a type of orc with a preference for flame weapon. Usually they're led by a mech boy rather than a knob. Tank busters, a specialist orc unit designed to take out enemy vehicles. Ludas, orcs equipped with the heaviest weapons that they can find, which is very literal, and almost and, and at least in brutal cunning. I don't know about the other books. The amount of times orcs are just like ooh shiny and just pick up a weapon off the ground, completely ignore their gun. Their gun never existed in their world. Now they found a new one, and, a, and it's better. They specialize in scavenging scavenging equipment from the battlefield or from enemy camps. Basically, they just, in every fight, they just find better shit and keep upgrading. Storm Boys, orcs equipped with jump packs. They are often young orcs with uncharacteristic discipline streak. Biker Boys, speed-loving orcs riding war bikes. Shocker. Fly Boys, speed freaks that pilot aircraft. Oh, real shocker. (laughs) Yeah. We got Boar Boys. Ride war boars into battle. You heard it. War boars. That's a big ass boar. Orcs are big as shit. And then we got squid hog boys. Beast snaggas that ride four legged squid hogs into battle. And we got beast snagga boys. Beast snaggas that fight on their own two feet. There are a few outliers here and there. For instance, I don't think we ever described what a squig is. That's because there's like 50 different kinds. Ranging from ones they basically put on a plate and eat with a fork, all the way to one that they like strap to their back and whatever they get in combat, they throw at the enemy and it just goes full face hugger and eats their head. Uh, <laughs> Squigs are weird, uh, but that's all. Sounds that's, like uh, a patron. Uh, sounds like a patron chat episode coming. <laughs> Probably. Ladies and gentlemen, I know we talk a lot about patron chat. That's because Warhammer is fucking huge, and we know you have a lot of opinions. We want you here. Join us. Join the dark side. Do it. (laughs) That's all I've got on orcs for this episode. So I will caveat that with, yes, we found a ton more info and a ton more interesting and hilarious not only lore content but facts about orcs we just don't have enough to cram into these episodes there's only so much time what do you want from me (laughs) so if you want to hear more about orcs get on to twitter get on to the discord hit us up tell us you want tell us what you want to hear uh right now we're just kind of going through the 30k formatting and just discussing each and every as we go but if you have ideas or you want specific things, we may listen. So hit us up. Let us know. And, uh, you know, be on the lookout for those patron exclusive episodes and those patron chats that you yourself can be a part of if you join our Patreon tiers at the right levels. And don't forget to watch the other watch. Listen to the other 
podcast. If you're a nerd about this, you're a nerd about something else. Quit lying to yourself and your family. <laughs> we talk a lot. <laughs> and we love it when you listen, especially me. I have daddy issues. <laughs> And that brings us to the end of the episode. Thanks for joining us, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Naked Mango. And to my right, definitely not 800 miles away, the <laughs> almighty crit. Woo! Catch us streaming. Catch us streaming Saturdays. Whenever else crit streams. I don't know. I don't really Saturdays. <laughs> I stream Saturdays uh, between 9 p.m. and 10 p.m. Uh, Central Time, we start somewhere usually within that hour because recording episodes takes longer than people expect. <laughs> so we'll start streaming then and we just kind of hang out until we don't want to hang out anymore. So yeah, come check us live on Saturdays, 9 p.m. Uh, between 9 and p- 10 p.m. Central Standard Time on the Twitch channel Almighty Crit. Oh, oh yeah, no, no, that's it. Or you can check out Mango. <laughs> See you next time. Bye. (laughs) Thank you for tuning in to the Warhammer Lorecast. If you like the show, please leave a five-star review. Tell a friend. That's how we grow. And stay tuned on that Patreon coming soon. And finally, shortly within the next week, we'll have our Twitter up and running. Make sure you reach out to us. Tell us what you think. And, of course, show us those armies. Until next time, dear listener, remember, in the 41st millennia, there is only war.